Hey, Sam. All right. Podthorn episode seven, uh, recap of the whatever happened in game in, in, in game one. Bam, your uh your thoughts off the bat. You know, it went better than I anticipated, to be honest. Yeah, me too. Um and I well, at halftime I said Philly really doesn't have anybody to guard bridges or really any of our wings. Um but at the same time I didn't really feel like Philly broke that much of a sweat, and they were still kind of able to keep us at arm's length the whole way. Yeah, I feel pretty I, – I feel similar. I did not – I thought people leaving that game and then, like, having any audacity to comment on, like, Sean Marks or Jacques Vaughn or whatever, like, they're they, – they're completely outmatched. They're out – they're out-talented, however you want to say it. They – I mean, they also are they also are going against a better coach. Like whatever people think about Doc, he's a better coach than, than Vaughn is. Like to me, the two things that I saw, which is kind of what me and you said, because I think me and you are a bit more realistic than some Nets fans, especially like about the series, was I'm happy that Bridges and Cam Johnson played well. And like that to me, I was really, really concerned, and I texted you guys about this, that I bet Bridges in the under for his points because I thought that it was the first time that, you know, he was really going to be the, a guy that a coach and an entire uh, team was focused on for a week. And I think he stepped up and was good and, in fact, should have been more of a focal point than he even was. Yeah, they, they got away from him in the second half. I don't know why. It didn't really seem like Philly did anything differently. Um, it just kind of happened within the flow of the game where he wasn't getting the same touches. You know, coincidentally, that's when the game kind of slipped away from them. But, you know, they also – they just couldn't get stops. And, you know, it's honestly the hallmark of Sean Mark's teams. They, they've they've had – they've always been a bad rebounding team under him and a turnover-prone team too. And, um, you know, you could probably bend that more on coaching the, the second part. But, you know, the, the first possession of the game, I think Philly got three shots up. And it was just like – you just know that this is going to be – how the series goes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, like, look, I, I think you picked four or five. I picked a sweep. I think that, you know, this game was kind of, this game is, you know, one of those, this game one was, I guess the type of game that can lull, you know, an underdog fan base into thinking that they're closer to be in it than they actually are because the first three quarters, they were kind of in it even though it really was, like, between, what, like, 6 to 10 for a lot. Uh, the Nets were never a threat yeah. in that game. Never. They never had a run, a, a feeling of momentum where you felt like, hey, you know, like, they may pull this one out today. You know, watching some of the other games, you know, you felt that with some of the other teams. Really, besides Atlanta, the Nets, the Nets have been the worst team so far in terms right. of their, their performance, um, which, I, I mean, <laughs> I – my prediction of uh, Boston going seven is not looking too hot right now. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I guess this is this is my thing, which I think I just don't really understand. And part of it is just like you know, when you're talking to a lot of Nets fans, and people inevitably are homers. Like most people, either go too negative on their own team or too positive. Most go too negative. I'm sorry, most go too positive. Me and you probably are in the camp that goes too negative. But like, it's hard for anyone to tell me like that the Nets aren't by far and away the least talented team that's that's left. I mean, like, I mean, you want to talk about 
the Wolves as as an eight seed. I mean, they have a bunch of like blue chip guys on top of the three guys that they have, or two or three guys they have that are hurt. Like the, I mean, you talk about obviously the Lakers as a seven seed, the Warriors as a six seed, and like if you want to say the the Nets are you know more talented than the Hawks, you know, like sure, but like even like even the Heat and the Nets they're not. Yeah, they're not though, and like even the, I mean, we saw the the Hawks in that game against the Heat. Like they have seven or eight real guys, and like even the Heat, who like obviously they're uh, as we're recording this, it's late Sunday, so like that we've seen that now the Heat win Game One, and like like the Heat are a more talented team than us. I know the Nets have kind of had their number, especially in the pre and or sorry in the post KD era, even like, but. I don't know. I just like they're they're by far and away to be the least talented team in the playoffs, and I think like expecting anything else is kind of ridiculous. I mean, well, let's just. I mean, I, I would say. I mean, with, off the top of my head, Dinwiddie's the worst starting point guard, probably in the playoffs. Yep, agreed. And you know, I'm watching the Laker game today, and I'm like, look at the size of Anthony Davis. Look at the size of uh, Memphis's kid uh, Jackson. Mm-hmm. And we're trotting Nick Claxton out there. Yep, as our starting center, you know, Nick doesn't look quite as good now that the uh, you know the stars are gone. <laughs> you know, he's hasn't looked at, as good of a player. It, you know, we're just we're a team that's in the playoffs because of what transpired earlier in the year, and you know the organization is probably going to make a lot of changes in the offseason. You know, I think we'll be looking at a much different roster. Yeah, I think they I think they're going to have to and I think the other thing is they're going to have to uh they're also going to have to understand that you know whatever whatever they were able to accomplish this year as you just said was done for the two guys that were here really the one guy that was here that's now playing in Phoenix beforehand and that them making the playoffs and that's why I actually kind of hope I think you could make an argument that for the better of the franchise it would be in their best interest to almost get swept versus going like six because like, like you can't be convinced that this team is anything other than what it is, which is like basically what they were. I mean, they look, I think their record ended up being what 11 and 13 after the trade. Like something like that. That to me is like what they are. They're like a 30, they're like a 36 to 40 win team. And that to me is also on the high end because, you know, Bridges and Cam Johnson and Dinwiddie and Finney Smith and Claxton were healthy for those 24 games. So they're really probably worse. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it, it's just, a, it's a, it's a, it's a weird, it's, it's not a roster that went, that was like built. It was a roster that just happened. Right. So they're, that's going to be the next thing is they're going to have to start like building, like, you assume they're going to keep Bridges, Johnson. I would say those are the only two definites, and then everything else they'll probably have to figure out as they go. Um, and I don't think you have to hope, bro. I, I, I'm positive they're getting swept here. <laughs> I got I, it's the adjustment. So let, let's 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 drop the the negativity, right? Let's say if, they, if you were going to make an adjustment, what is it? I mean, like, <laughs> get, yeah, get, no, I mean, there, to me, there isn't any. And I think I'm seeing people kind of take on on Twitter and even like, uh, like I, I saw uh, like Bill Simmons tweeted something about how he thought the Nets game plan was ridiculous because the Nets were doubling in bead and whatnot. And like, I like, I don't know. I just like, 
I just don't see a realistic way how you don't how you don't double Embiid because I think that the 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 other guy the other guards on the on the Sixers are so much faster and more uh, skilled, especially given like who the Nets have guarding a, a, a lot of them at times. That like even if you don't double even if you don't double Embiid and you let Embiid get his and then he kicks out to Maxi who could like beat anyone off the dribble and I think Harden I mean we'll we'll see how his how his Achilles like uh keeps going but he looked pretty good to me obviously he didn't shoot that well but I don't know I just I would I would rather bank on them on them having cold shooting games and hoping that that goes better than having him be drop you know however many he does yeah I mean they're their plan had the desired effect, right? And B did not destroy them right out the gate. You know, that part of it worked. The part that didn't is that the guys they wanted to make them, you know, beat them were able to in that, in that you know, they in that game, they were hot. Yep. So that backfired. But overall, I thought it wasn't a terrible plan. I, I did, you know, think his rotations were a little bizarre. But, like, you know, again here, it's like, was Edmund Sumner? I thought like Sumner should have be played more, but like, was he gonna come in here and save the day? Like, probably not. So it gets to a point. It's like, are we just splitting hairs on this kind of stuff? Well, yeah, and that's and that's the thing that look like a fan base that has been beamed down as much as we have. Obviously, like you know, you're 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 gonna like go in a lot of different directions in terms of like the, the what ifs and whatnot. But like, to me, like at the end of the day, as you just said, like, as you just said, it, if your biggest critique is like, why didn't Edmund Sumner play more? It's kind of similar to during the last kind of regime when people were like, well, the Nets should have had a better ninth or 10th man than James Johnson. It's kind of like, I, I don't really know like NBA teams that lost, that, that lost finals because their ninth or 10th man wasn't good enough. It's usually like, how good are your first, like one through six or seven and are they healthy? And then at that point you basically work it out. Like it, I mean, they're like, they're overmatched. I, I agree. I would have played Sumner more also. And I really like him. Like, I just think he should be playing, but I mean, they're like the, the Sixers have like the Sixers have real guys. The question really is like how many guys on the nets would really be getting minutes on a lot of these teams. And I think a lot of them, like, I, I, I don't really know what they, like how many would be. Yeah. And I gotta say, I'm just, I'm sick of Spencer Dimwitty. Like, yeah, so I want you to stuff. talk about that because I, you, for people that didn't see, Spencer had a quote which, uh, Bam, I saw your comment which I did a- agree with, but I guess it's like elaborate on what he said and also, uh, and also your feelings. He, he was it. asked about the lobs to Claxton, which anybody with two eyes can see were just absurd passes. Like he's throwing the ball way too high. Yeah, and he's you know saying, oh, you know, Nick should have. I thought Nick should have came down with some of those. Like, dude, shut the fuck up. Even if you yep. thought that, just be like, yeah, I got to give him a better throw. That's it. That's all you got to say. Like, he, he, you know, Spencer talks a big game, and I guess it's what's, what's gotten him this far. Yeah. yeah it's a good story. I, I liked him his first go around, but like, dude, just like, just, I, I could do with that. I, I don't want to watch Spencer Dimwit anymore. <laughs> yeah. I thought, I thought it was a weird, I think it's a really weird comment to make after after game one to, to semi throw like, like a guy under the bus, who's a younger than you and B like, I mean, Spencer obviously carries himself with a certain amount of, you know, a combination of ego grit and has like the biggest 
chip on his shoulder that you can basically have. Like it's basically like a Tom Brady sized chip that he has, uh, which is how he treat and he treats the refs as such. But, but yeah, I, I, I also didn't really appreciate the comment. I didn't really see what was gained out of it at all. Um, and, and his act is look, I mean, his, his act gets tiring, especially after a game where he didn't look that great. And when he spent the entire week running his mouth about a player who's not in the playoffs and who also doesn't matter. <laughs> right. And you know what? Everything that uh, Kuzma said about Spencer is true. You know, and everything Spencer said about Kuzma was true, too. But it's like, you know, who the fuck are you, man? <laughs> uh, he, Yeah. He also just kind of sucks. Right. right. You know, like right. he's a good backup, but what team would he start on that's in the playoffs? Uh, no, I mean – I mean, you're you're 100% right. I had a friend text me during the game in, like, the first half, and he said it's unbelievable that if the Nets didn't have, like, a bottom 10 starting point guard in the NBA, they actually would be, like, winning this winning this game right now. But, like, Dinwiddie just can't really orchestrate an offense. Um, but, I mean, that's obviously what this, what this, uh, what this summer's going to be about. And I think that there's, there's clearly a lot that has to – that uh that has to be done but i am i I do have to say i was i definitely had a sigh of relief that bridges didn't have the game where he looks like totally outmatched because we have seen that we've seen the guy who you know is on a heater and came out of nowhere and then has a game and then it plays a game against a team that has a ton of playoff experience and gets his shit completely like packed yeah i would say he was the second best player on the floor yeah, and so behind that to Embiid. me means a lot. You know, he was probably the second best player behind Embiid. He had a great first half. You know, he kept us going. One thing I'll say though, if I was scouting him, that guy goes left every single time. Yeah, and like fades to his left when he shoots. Um, and he, you know, the biggest issue I have with him right now, as the best player on the team, he's a bad passer. He yep. leaves his feet. He jumps a lot, like he does not get other guys' shots. So that that's the next stage of his development. Yeah. So all right, this is another thing that I had to ask you before we head out because we want to make this relatively short. So what's your? Get, me and you are the two people that I know that hate the Knicks more than anyone, and that it affects our mood when they win. It affects our mood when they when they lose in a right. positive. Uh, What's your concern level at right now for like the Cavs, who who in this moment are our second favorite team, and uh, honestly have a lot of guys we also like anyway, given they're basically the Nets yeah. of the Midwest. Right now, the Cavs are my favorite team, actually, um, <laughs> <laughs> more so than the Nets. But my biggest concern is Giannis left the game today. Oh, so you so you're already thinking about if the Knicks win the first series? Yes. Yeah, my head kind of went there also. Like so now the Knicks are. This is what's going to happen. The Knicks are going to get this uh, walkway to the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. Because I mean, I'm going to be honest. I thought they looked like they're just better than Cleveland yesterday. Yeah, I mean, so here's so, so here's my thing about, about that series. Like, I the Knicks' depth is like is truly like great. Like, I think it's actually underrated to a certain extent how deep they are, but. But like I mean, at the end of the day, they have a, they have just a couple of guys that can really like shoot you out of a game. Like I think like Randall is like 
bound to explode and, and lose it. Same thing with quickly. Um, I don't just, I, I also just don't trust a lot of the other guys they have, even though they are deep. Like, I mean, Obi was really good yesterday. The, the thing that I don't like about the, um, the thing that I really just don't like about the uh, Cavs, which I feel like I'm a bit on an Island on this, on this topic, but I find Mitchell as good as he is. And like, to be honest, like, the Knicks could have been annihilating them in the second and third quarters if Mitchell didn't erupt. Like he really like saved he, them. He was the only guy that showed up for them. Yeah. So so that has to be said. The only thing, the only thing really that I have to add is that he Mitchell has a bit of like I don't know if it's a little like Gilbert Arenas or I was trying to think who it is where so much of it is just him and just and it's not really involving other people and even like on some of his passes. You see him, like, leave his feet, and first of all, he had a lot of bad passes, but even, like, his better ones, he kind of looks like he's ready for it to be a highlight after the fact, so he, like, is kind of out of the play after it, and I just find, like, his presence versus Brunson is just so diametrically, like, opposed, and even though Brunson is, you know, like, his is also kind of a one-on-one player, but there's a calmness to the way that Brunson plays, and I just find for playoff basketball so much better than what than yeah. what Mitchell does. Too bad we couldn't have dealt uh, Kyrie to the Mavs for him. I know. I mean, I know. It's 100%. I mean, you that's know. like – I mean, talk about a sliding door. We'd be, we'd be a lot better than we are now. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. That, you know what it is, too? Like, you have to give Leon Rose credit. I mean, he has stayed patient. He has, you know, drafted – you know, Obi wasn't a great pick, but like he's gotten grinds, he's gotten quickly, he's got a good roster. He's found guys that have you know thrived. Thibodeau is a good hire, obviously. They have all their picks moving forward. Like they're gonna be a problem. They they, they can certainly be a, uh, in the mix for a star player this summer. They have the assets to get it and the contracts to move without really breaking up the core. Like Josh Hart, that was a savvy trade at the deadline. He, you know, he's finishing games for them. He hit, he that three he hit last night probably saved the series for the Knicks because they yeah. had outplayed Cleveland so badly, and that if they would have lost that game, it would have. I think that that might have been the end of it for them. Yeah, so, that so, that three was huge. Huge, huge. Uh, yeah, and you know, and then the next possession, he's getting an offensive rebound, uh, keeping the possession alive, and then Brunson finishes it off. You know, he, they have a good roster. You know, it's not championship level yet, but. They're they're taking like a slow approach to team building here, and it's it's looking like it's working right now. So, would you be more upset? Because I've been thinking about this a lot. Because me and you think about this stuff similarly. Would you be more upset if Durant won the title or if the Knicks made the Eastern Conference Finals and lost? Uh, the Knicks. I'm not really rooting against Durant. Oh, okay. See, I'm. I think if the Knicks went to the, I'm, to I'm not rooting for him either. But I'm not like, I don't hate him. So I'm in a playoff pool. I picked the Suns to go to the finals. And even though they look terrible right now, but I don't really think it matters. But um, I think I, – but I really – I think that was basically almost an emotional hedge because I was like, I know I'm going to be so annoyed if they go to the finals and win. That 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 to me is what, that to me is what I want the least. And the Knicks making the Easter Conference finals and losing, I think I'd be able to – I can stomach. Well, look, as long as the next season ends with a loss, I'll be usually happy. Yeah, that's uh, how I feel. But I, I also, like, I so I was uh, 
I, I was talking to Clay last night. I had a buddy's like bachelor party type thing. Nothing crazy. We just went to a bar. Yeah, you know, they're all Nick fans, and like I don't have the same energy to hate them right now either. You know, because all the stuff going on with the Nets, like I, I my hatred is still there, but I, my energy level is a little lower for it. See, my my hatred for them right now is just not that intense because I just think that they are like. I'm, I'm actually, I mean, I'm just generally more skeptical on what they're building than you are. And like, so for example, like they have now this like massive RJ contract and I think RJ is just not very good. And, and he to me is like becoming not even an asset and he might be a negative contract given how much money he makes. And like, I mean, I think, I think Leon and, and, and West are, are, are okay at their jobs, but like, at the end of the day, this is what year three or four of them being together. And to me, they're like, they've, they've done okay. And they, I mean, look what they really need in part. What, what, is, yeah, yeah. What they took over, they had nothing. Yeah. But what they, but, but like, so they basically, I mean, the Grimes pick was solid and the quickly pick was solid, but none of them are changing your franchise. And they, they're, they're two earliest picks they've missed so far. No, the best thing they did was they've gotten Randall, and Brunson as free agents, and yep. those guys have far exceeded their play. Mitchell Robinson was a, was a good pick too in the second round. Not sure if it was this regime or not. Um, yeah, but you know they look. They've got a deep roster that that can make the next move. Whether they do or not, you know, remains to be seen. But uh, they're in better shape than us right now, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm. I'm a bit more. I'm a, probably a bit more optimistic on what they do, on what the Nets can do moving forward. But it's all dependent on what we think they like, what angle you know the Nets are going to take. Which I think is the thing that's that to me is just the most concerning part of being a Nets fan right now. To me, there's nothing more nerve wracking about um, rooting for a team than when. Then when either your owner won't spend, which I, which obviously is not as much of an issue, which is an issue that the Nets have as much, obviously, but and is also not as much of an issue in um, a salary cap league. But or if you have a GM where you're just not sure what the vision is at that at this point, kind of like what we experienced with Gettleman, and so that and so that's and Marks went from being you know infallible to now I just don't really know what he wants to do or is interested in doing. Like, I, like if you told me they traded for like Siakam and or Levine this summer, I wouldn't be surprised. And if you told me that the only people that are on this roster that were still on the team that are still on the team are Bridges and Cam Johnson, I wouldn't be shocked. Like, I just have no idea what to think anymore. You know, I, I, I would assume they're going to try to be competitive because when you don't control your draft choices, you know what? What's the alternative? I mean, it's not. I think you'd be like, "Well, stink and pick high." That that they can't take that route. Um, I, so I, I'm assuming they're going to do something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, probably like they're they're probably going to try. Like if Dame Lillard asked out, my guess is they'll be interested in acquiring him. Yeah, I think they have to hope that they that they actually. I mean, for at that point, then you actually hope that the stench of what just went down is still on them and that players don't actually want to be there because I'd rather have us, you know, not make that type of move. But, you know, I would, I would think that first off there, like, I think that's definitely a factor. I also think that most likely somebody will be, have a better package than us. So I, I don't think they're actually acquired. Yeah. I think they'll try. 
I think I, I could see like a DeRozan because you can maybe get him for cheap. Yeah. Something like like they're gonna want to stay in the playoffs even if they're not like a true competitive playoff team. They're gonna want to stay in that mix. I think the only thing I would be an, really annoyed about, like truly like lose it, is if they you know is the is the trading all their picks as we talked about in the last episode for a guy that's just not worth trading all of your picks for, or if they package picks like multiple picks to to trade Simmons because Simmons at this point to me is like you can't you can't add assets that you got from the Durant deal or the Kyrie deal or the Harden deal in order to make, you know, in order to get off the Simmons asset. No, they have to hope that he plays better and raises his value. By the way, I saw, this is the last thing we'll say that I saw someone tweet this. I thought it was a good point. So like, is is Simmons hurt right now? Like, I don't even understand what, like, I, like he, I saw, was he, and I didn't even know, was he on the bench in the game? No. He wasn't. I, I I looked for him and I was curious if he was. Yeah, because I didn't see him either, and I was like, and I didn't hear anything about him get on Twitter about him getting booed or anything. And no, so, my, my guess is they probably were like, it's not worth it to have this guy here and you know cause a distraction of any sort. Yeah, I almost would rather have him there and then have like all the fans like be like obsessed with him instead of the instead of like the actual game. <laughs> well, you know. It's uh, there's always next year for him to get booed out of Philly, yeah, you know, and picked on, and his back will hurt again next year. I, you know, I don't have any hope that he's going to be anything for us. So, you know, with game two, we'll see what happens. My guess is they're going to lose comfortably again, and then game three will be like the the you know kitchen sink game, yeah. And, if they win one, that'll be the one. Um, but I'm, I think I picked a sweep, and I'm sticking with it. And yeah, and if they and if they lose game three, then game four could be similar to game five in 2019. Yeah, it's 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 going to be bad. And if we had a real, if we had like rowdy fans, they'd get booed off the court, but they probably won't. No, you're I not, saw. I'm assuming you're not going to any of the games. Uh, no, I, I I don't I don't I don't think I'm going to. I just I don't really I don't know. It's hard to it's it's hard to put any like money into into like a team like this. Yeah. Are you going? No, I'm I'm not. I was thinking. I, I said, look, if it was, if they were, you know, down two to one and had are competitive, maybe I'd go to game four. So I'm, uh, that's a possibility, but I just don't foresee that playing out. But if yeah. it does, they're down two to one. They you know. They win game two and they have, lose a competitive game three. Game four is a Saturday at one o'clock. I, I probably want to tell him. Yeah. All right. Well, I think uh, we'll we'll close it out there. We're uh, real, real quick. Who do you want in the draft? NFL draft. Yeah. Oh man. I, to be honest, I've been so in on basketball uh, basketball recently that I haven't even spent that much time. And I've also it, it's funny. I've been following who everyone else is going to get so much and i've and i've almost missed and i've almost missed out i mean i would be i would be interested in them trading up to because what are they they're like so they're even further down than i remembered like 25th yeah i like i kept when i was because i was looking through mocks recently i started to get back into it and i was like oh wow like will they have any chance at like uh the northwestern offensive lineman i was like oh no he's like not even gonna be close to there yeah because i would be happy with like 
I would be happy with um with a lineman. I mean, they also like kind of have to redo their like a lot of their uh, a lot of their defense. But I, like I, I I defer to you at this point because I haven't done the uh, the big the big rush yet, especially with the NBA being in full swing right now. Yeah, just based on the draft, to me, it's offensive line, a front seven player on defense, or a corner. You know, in the first round, I don't really like the receiver class too much. It's kind of redundant to what they already have. So, no, I don't want a receiver either. You know, that to me, they can get a similar players in like the second or third round. So, front seven on defense, corner, and offensive line. Um, Player-wise, I honestly, I haven't been following as much. Either. I'll start diving into it more this, this yeah. week because I get more excited for it. But just positionally, that's what I'm looking at. For, is your all right? So one one prediction that's not NBA related. Do you think do you think the Rogers trade is done by the by the draft, or do you think it's done by the end of the draft? Or do you think this is going to keep going? Sometime in the summer, it'll end. Okay, interesting. Yeah, that, that's kind of where my head's going. Also, it seems like neither of them have urgency. This is just very Jets like this yeah. whole process, like. And now Green Bay too deserves flack. Like both teams made their intentions way too obvious, and now they're both like trying to like struggle for some sort of leverage play that neither of them really have. Yeah. So all right, all right, we'll, well, talk, we'll, we'll, we'll go again tomorrow night after the game of play. Exactly. All right, all right. popcorn episode seven. Subscribe, rate, review. Peace. Have a good night.